0: Trouble. Oh, oh, hey. all over. Just like that. I wonder how Floyd feels being beat by a woman for once.
1: <laughs> Ireland have achieved the unthinkable. They have defeated four times world champions, New Zealand. O'Sullivan's holding
0: on. O'Sullivan's got a drive for that line, but Gabriela Chabo's the Olympic champion. Sonia O'Sullivan is beaten on the line. What a fantastic final lap, but what a response
2: from Sonia O'Sullivan. Hey. Perfect
3: Olympic champion, yeah. I've dreamed this moment so many times
2: before. Hello and welcome. This is Off the Bench, an Irish women's sports podcast, and I'm Clina Foley. We've escaped from the Off the Ball studio to Fenna in Carlow, and we're live at the National Ploughing Championship, thanks to Lidl. The dust has finally settled on the All-Ireland Finals just two days ago, where Dublin's women did three in a row in front of an an awesome crowd, 56,141 that was just marginally less than the 57,900, 58,000 that attended the FIFA Women's World Cup final this year. So that's a pretty amazing statistic. Um, but uh, So it's all dub, dub, dub at the moment, but this is a dub-free zone because I'm a culture and I'm joined by three other cultures who know All-Ireland finals far better than I do and also know a little bit about farming. Two of them actually won All-Ireland medals two days ago and the other one played in a final in 2017. So it's a great delight to welcome today Tipperary's Ashley Maloney, Mayo's Sarah Rowe and Loud's Emy Murray. Welcome to Off the Bench. Thank you. Yeah, thanks thanks you. for having us. Good to have you guys. And I'd say it's we don't know how we even managed to get two of you here because Ashling and Emy, when you win in All-Ireland, usually the day after, there's quite a lot of, you know celebrating to be done Ashling. so what time did you get into bed last night um, I hit the bed last night at about four o'clock
3: and <laughs> as I was saying to someone outside I barely remember putting on my pants this morning so I don't even know I'm, I don't even know how I'm here but look my voice is hoarse and I got here and it's Listeners great you'll to be, be glad to no,
2: know she does have pants on and everything is okay <laughs> Emer, what about you did you do much celebrating with loud after your all-Ireland
0: junior yeah, win absolutely yeah we were in uh, back home on Sunday night um, and then yeah the girls
2: are still <laughs> they're still out the girls are still rocking um, but the reality is for you, you actually couldn't do too much celebrating because you have a, a link here with the Ploughing Championship. Tell us.
0: Yeah, we have a stand here. Um, the company I work for Alltech, we have a stand here at the Ploughing. So um, I came down
2: last night. So you're going to be um, working we'll here be, for a few days? Yeah, we'll be here for the three days. Oh, wow. All right. Well, look, we'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, at least we've got them here. And Sarah, you're the nice, you know, always, always the sober one, Sarah. Yeah,
1: and I was <laughs> here on time before the two <laughs> others as yeah. well.
2: So
3: all eyes, <laughs> all eyes, yeah. always a sober
2: Uh, So listeners won't be able to see, but um, it's a beautiful sunny day at the ploughing this year. Um, So most of us aren't in wellies, but Sarah has the most beautiful little pair of short wellies. (laughs) Black with gold trim, very nice. The people outside are actually looking in to see them now. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, it's fantastic to have three brilliant uh, ladies footballers here just after the All-Ireland Ladies Football Finals. Um, We're going to review the finals, we're going to talk about women's Gaelic and we're going to talk about agriculture as well because you all have links and one of these people, stay, stay tuned people, because one of these people in this room has actually taken a shower with ducks, which we'll talk about <laughs> later on.
3: God
2: almighty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start, um, first of all, we'll talk about Sunday's finals. Um, we're going to start with the intermediate final because Ashling, you were the star of the show, uh, scored 8.7 from play, player of the match. And um, how did that feel?
3: Yeah, look, I suppose I think everyone kinda zones in on do you know what you score, but I don't think people realise I actually had a, a fair pile of wides as well. And you probably, did probably I know. <laughs> at the start yeah. of the second half. I think it was I saw was last night I had seven. It was a <laughs> it was a sagging back home and tip last night about the amount of wides I had. But look, yeah, it was a great game. Um I suppose the first half it was neck and neck much and much like, but we thankfully got into swinging things in the second half and things started to swing our way, so
2: it was a, It was a brilliant game of football, wasn't it, Sarah?
1: Brilliant. the intermediate <laughs> final was, yeah.
2: it, was, it was so high scoring one fourteen I think one I think three twenty four of it uh, uh, was from play it was an unbelievable game
1: yeah it was nearly for a spectator like it was nearly better to watch the intermediate game than it was the senior game um, it was very tight as you said in the first half and then um, Tip obviously pulled away with their experience and their bigger players stood up in the second half
2: and Ashley you said something to me outside and w- journalists we often wonder about this Is it harder to score into one end of Croker than the other? Because the wides in the second half, the start second half, you were kicking into the railway end. Yeah,
3: no, it was actually the opposite end. Um, going up
2: into the hill into 16, the hill. I found that very hard. It was kind of hard
3: to see the post. But, like, I can't, I can't, I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I can't make that as the excuse for but that. No, but and
2: also, on, um, there's nobody on the hill on ladies' final days, yeah. so it's very, very white, so that might be. Yeah, no, I suppose
3: no matter what pitch you play and like, you know, back yeah. home and stuff, you always kind of prefer to have cover behind the goal. The girls might say the same, like, you kind of hate but shooting into an open straight. goal. Like So in the second half, you kind of did feel a bit more comfortable, even though I did probably kick about four more wides. But, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely.
2: Listen, you kind of made up for it really <laughs> with the brilliant, oh, the quality of some of your points were just amazing. It's your second All Ireland intermediate title. Um, you beat Tyrone as two years ago, wasn't that right? Yeah, two years ago. So, is it different this time? What makes it different this time? Were you a different team? Or like, what was the difference? Well, I suppose in 2017 it was probably my first
3: big, you know, All Ireland, and I was quite starstruck by the whole occasion. Um, going into this one I certainly wasn't going to let that happen I was just going to enjoy it so even I was out in the warm up and I was just looking around soaking in and stuff like that but the difference I suppose we kind of had a more older team back then um, this year we have a very younger team Asha McCarthy was telling me the other day that she's a third oldest on the team I nearly fell down when she said it what age is she like? 23 oh yeah. Goodness. so we've one girl 30 um, the captain, Sam, is 28 and the rest are around 23. So yeah. And a couple
2: of 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds in the middle. Yeah, of
3: it. and they're keeping us uh, all... Well, I, t- I think I'm old now, but they're keeping us all on our toes, young ones. But actually, th-
2: only 21. <laughs> yeah, I
3: think I'm about 40. <laughs> but no, um, look, it was brilliant, I suppose. We were wicked disappointed to get relegated last year down, in, down yeah. the intermediate. Look, you can say... That we should deserve to be up for another year, but at the end of the day we lost the games and we ended up going back down. So it was our own fault. And yeah. you got relegated to the playoff
2: like, last year yeah. and everyone was like, oh Tipperary going down, it's a huge a huge thing. Yeah. So that was a motivating factor, I'd say, this year, wasn't well, it? Well definitely, yeah,
3: but definitely something that we didn't think of either. Like we were kind of taking we weren't thinking too far ahead of ourselves. We were taking it right. a game at a time and yeah. look, intermediate isn't easy to come out of. No, um, we probably should have lost against Clare and Dollar in quarter final. Um that was there for them to take, but look, luck was on our side that day and it happened to swing our way but and it's not easy it's not easy to get out of but no f-
2: and it's like division 2 you know they're so competitive sometimes it's, really, it's it's nearly as hard to get out of them as it is to yeah. stay up you know? well
3: one team that stands out for me is Tyrone um, really? the way they competed this year mm-hmm. at senior 11 they're in division 2 like it just goes to show me were a division 3 team and we were division 1 and yeah. there, was, there was nothing between them oh like, and they
2: scored some um, Vicky Wall they scored yeah. some sensational scores at the weekend it was a brilliant game Sarah um, your experience is, is probably is it all division 1 and senior football do you see a no, difference?
1: No, actually, my first year in Mayo, we were in Division 2 League, and right. I remember as well, it was it was really hard to get out of. We won, I'd say, I think we won four games by a point. Oh, wow. So we we definitely struggled to get out of it. Like, the quality is much That's better how competitive than you would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's great that Aisling's back up with the big
2: dogs, as she says
0: herself. <laughs> <laughs> That's <lying. laughs>
2: And so if people don't know, these two, Sarah and Ashley used to live in a house together, so they know each other very well, so they can slag each other all day long. <laughs> Eimer, um, for Loud uh, winning this year, after losing last year's junior final, tell us how exciting that was. Yeah, absolutely. Like this
0: year was just chalk and cheese with last year, really. Um, the disappointment last year. You know, it's it's no Ar- Ireland final is is ever easy. And last year we really felt we didn't perform on the day.
2: No, you um, got a terrible, terrible. Now Toronto were a brilliant team. Was or no? Who was it? Um, uh, Limerick. Limerick. Last year. Limerick. Yeah. Re- Rebecca De Lee actually, who we've had on the yeah. thing. They had a great game, but I you just completely seemed to freeze. Yeah, it was five goals went in past you. and yeah. it was just one of those yeah. awful days. That yeah, you really, really to terrible play. days. Well, um, where were you playing? We were laughing here. We were saying when you're back, that's a terrible
0: experience. Yeah, I was it? full back that day, so not not a day oh, to remember. But, tough day. Um, yeah. Know, this year was completely different so really what really was different for you um i don't know this year yeah i suppose we like tip would have quite a young team We've a few older players um you know i'm 24 and i'm considered old on the team wow. as well um so last year i suppose i was some of the girls first experience ever playing in crow park so it's daunting obviously the day um and yeah i don't know this year i suppose we just had more experience and um, we were far more focused you know maybe last year we were a little bit naive you know just getting to crow park it's yeah. obviously not and enough. And you had a
2: very traumatic emotional time last year as well, um, because you lost a manager uh, he, who died. Was it at some stage during the season? Was it yeah, Michael so McEoin? Michael McEoin, yeah. yeah it was a so really
0: amazing year. Passed away very suddenly in the middle of the summer last year. So, yeah, that was a little unsettling. It was um, shortly before the Leinster final. Yeah. Um, so we did. We we went out and won the Leinster final, and like that was a big driving factor um, behind the whole thing. And even going into leading up to the All Ireland final. We really wanted to do it, um, for him and for his yeah. wife Mary, who had been very supportive of who us. Who was amazing with um, you. Yeah, 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 throughout the campaign, but look, fairy tales don't always happen, and it no. didn't happen for us on the day. So,
2: but the fairy tale um, happened, year. yeah, we end. were delighted
0: to do it this year, and you know. With it was certainly in our, in our minds again and I'm sure you know he was a big help to us on the day this year yeah and you're still in Mary is still very close to you isn't absolutely, she absolutely yeah no she sent us a lovely card before the game and
2: um she comes to quite a lot of our matches so she's still really involved oh that's yeah. lovely and you were taken over then by one of the yeah Darren Bishop uh, Darren Bishop so. took over and then he was in charge this year he's as in well, charge this so year, there's so. been continuity there yeah, as well absolutely yeah. um you were unlucky though this year uh, yeah you had a very special role last weekend but it wasn't probably the role you wanted what no, were you doing last Sunday? I was on the on the water <laughs> I saw you you had an orange so, bib on you you were flying in, in and, out. and out
0: yeah yeah um so yeah no unfortunately I got an injury in the middle of the summer which um finished my season for me this oh. year but look it's still great to be involved with the team like there's a fantastic panel there um you know when the girls were, were great on the day it was just brilliant to be a part of it in any way at all
2: and uh, I mean at full forward uh, Kate Flood she yeah. is sensation phenomenal yeah. she, did she outscore Ashley did she she scored 1-8 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just managed to outscore you but she hit 5-3 you. yeah. so yours are more she for definitely play. didn't hit the 10 wides on her anyway.
3: <laughs>
2: she's a fabulous footballer yeah an amazing soccer player as well has yeah played she's at, played for Ireland played Rahidi played for Ireland played in Uri as well but she's concentrated yeah. on football very much in the last year yeah very much
0: so and she's a great leader you know she's a fantastic captain this year really leads by example um and
2: she's heading off now, you know, and we'll we'll really miss her. But yeah. um yeah, no unbelievable game on the day like she's heading off to Australia and Sarah is heading back to Australia yeah. and that's something we're gonna to come to later on as well, just to talk about that whole experience with the women's AFL, which is really interesting. Um listeners we've got loads of people looking in outside. And before we came in, it was great to see young girls wanting their pictures taken with Sarah and Ashling. So it's brilliant to see how recognizable you are as footballers now and how you're taking the same status that the men are, which is brilliant. Um the senior final on Sunday. I've never seen a scoreline at half-time, one goal to one point on the other side Dublin. I mean, it was a bizarre game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. It was... I kind of expected it, though, because I know both teams are quite defensive, but it was like the both of them had each other sussed, and it was like tit for tat at the start, and both teams are quite composed as well, so they were just playing the ball around, but no one actually, you know, going for the juggler. So... Yeah, for a spectator, it wasn't a brilliant game to watch. Not um, one for
2: the purists, or something. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but incredible <laughs> final score. I mean, I've never. There was one with. Um, there was one with Mayo and Cork back. Uh, was it 2008 that had a very low score as well? But like the fine the the scoreline of two three to not four for for Dublin was was amazing and Galway only to score four points when they have such brilliant forwards. Yeah.
1: I think watching the game, you're like, will this seriously go to halftime without a score? That'll probably be a record yeah. ever in Crow Park. So um, yeah, no, I think Dublin in the end like their experience again and their composure just to finish out games was probably what was the difference the cuteness because there actually was very little between the teams yeah, I felt
2: yeah.
1: Um, so watching
2: I suppose Big day experience I think Ashlyn was a big factor and also somebody key like Sarah was saying the first score was after 22 minutes and it was a goal by Sinead Goldrick a centre back like it was just a game that defied all belief didn't it
3: Yeah and it's probably very unusual for ladies football as well like I don't think I've ever come across even at club level even for them for that score to be like that but Look, I suppose both teams were probably playing playing defence. We actually didn't see the game now myself, so I can't recall. comment. You were on still it. celebrating after the interview uh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> you were in I the balance decided- of Crow Park. No, I wasn't. I was just getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I didn't see the game myself now. But I did. I heard two people talking to people and stuff like that. That it was very defensive. A bit of a pity in a way because there was such a big crowd there and they probably didn't get the game that they thought they would get. Yes. Um, the semi-finals probably lived up
2: to a Semi-finals lot were fantastic games. Yeah. I mean, fantastic games full of goals. Yeah. Um, so it, oh, it was unfortunate that definitely the big pigment. But I wonder as well, like, you know, I was looking at some of the comments below the line, as they say on social media about, you know, oh, women's football, they can't play women's. It's almost like people are queuing up to give out, you know what I mean, if there isn't a good game. But men don't have to defend the quality of their football quite the same way do they Sarah?
1: No but in another way I suppose it's people are still talking about it so that means the profile has raised and people actually care a bit more now so yeah. if you can look at it one way or the other but um, yeah I suppose on the day the quality wasn't as good as you would expect from both teams but um, you know still a massive experience Well as you said both two teams. packed
2: defences and it rained I, I mean was it raining during the last game the first game? No we got no. away okay um, You did?
0: Just slight slight drizzle, but nothing. But I think the conditions throughout the day kind of they worsened. They got worse, because actually you yeah. were saying
2: it was, it was starting to get wet and slippy, wasn't it? New yeah, it game. was. It
3: was drizzling for our game now. But actually, it wasn't too slippy in terms of your feet, but the ball was so greasy. Yeah. Even with gloves yeah. on, it was slipping out of hands. And even I went to bounce the ball at one stage and it just flew away from me. But yeah. um, that definitely and did have an impact on the game as well. Yeah. And, and it definitely
2: did. And it never stopped raining. The hardest rain was all throughout the senior women's game. So definitely the weather is a factor because... Women don't kick the ball as long as men as well. So if you've got a packed defence um, and people are trying to score with a wet ball and wet conditions, that makes it harder to score. But it was certainly Dublin won't care, three in a row, an amazing situation. And I, I wonder, year 3 Intercounty football is looking at you, are we going to have four in a row and five in a row? Do you think that they have a jump on people or do you think that people are coming back to them? Like Mayo this year, Sarah, you rebuilt, you came back extraordinarily well this year
1: yeah it was it was a really enjoyable year um personally and i think the team we built a really special kind of bond and culture in the team and we had to do that obviously because we had so many young players and like Ashim was saying about the tip team our average age is i think maybe 21 or 23 right around that anyway but our two oldest players are 28 as well so and um, we had a lot of work to do. We did an awful lot of work. Uh, like our preseason was absolutely horrendous. And we worked <laughs> extremely hard in our fitness. And we said like, you know, we're lacking a bit of experience here. So we need to try to be as fit as possible and as strong as possible. And um, hopefully then our football will take over when we play when we come to game time. So <clears throat> I think Dublin, the biggest thing I see when I watch Dublin play is I think their tackling is brilliant. Yeah. And I think that they're... Um, strength and conditioning is probably a small bit ahead of everyone else's and probably their fitness and they have a few years on people in terms of that but do I think teams can catch them yeah but yeah. They, they have a lot of training done in the bank and it does take a few years to build that up on your legs so. yeah,
2: they did, I mean uh, the amazing thing about Dublin this year is that their older players I mean people like Lindsay Davey were just in Siobhan McGrath are sensational it's amazing isn't it to see that um, when you know you'd be expecting the, the younger ones to take over really yeah.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like um their experienced players are phenomenal. Like the panel they have, even the subs that they brought on. Yeah. Yeah, excellent,
2: you know. So is there something that Dublin are doing differently or is it just that they're a bit ahead of you know, in terms of strength and conditioning, maybe they were a bit of ahead of everybody else, do you think, Ashton? Um I
3: think they kind of they got a good group. Like if you look at yeah. Dublin's underage, they haven't won they haven't won um All Ireland finals. I seen her tweet recently about that, like Cork have been winning them all up along. Um, I suppose they are at, at an advantage with the, point, the amount of clubs that they have in Dublin. Um, but I, as Sarah said, I do think that they are very good and they are a bit ahead of everyone else. But I, I do think that they are beat well. Yeah. And I probably I think as well if Mayo were in the All Ireland final, I feel like they would have given them a better game.
2: Really? Yeah. yeah. Because there's a there's a there's a psychological thing there with Mayo and Dublin, isn't there? And you only lost what was the semi final? Two points to Galway. Point. A, point. oh. a point. A point. A that point. That one hurt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it
1: was. Um, uh, rochin Leonard's free.
2: Oh, the, famous, the free yeah. great free in fairness. Yeah, brilliant free and Very good free.
1: hard apparently to take frees off the ground as yeah. well in Pro Park. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was extremely disappointing. I don't think I've ever been as disappointed as I have been after that game because really? it was one that I felt we had you know we had two opportunities on goal and we had, there were so many things that we could dissect the game and. Figure out where we went wrong, but on the day again, I think our experience and our composure wasn't good enough. So, um, you know, there is a difference between winning by a point and losing by a point. and you know, you want to be on the other side of it. Yeah. But um, I think if Mayo were playing Dublin, um, that we we definitely don't play that defensive anyway. We would. Yeah. Would a different kind of game. Definitely. Of game anyway, yeah. For sure. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but winning's a habit as well for Dublin, is, and that's yeah. the thing. They've built a, a lot of momentum. They're a very tight group of players and I think their consistency with their training and you know their lifestyles and their nutrition and all of them things I really do think that they're on point so um, yeah. they are the standard bearers at the moment. They and are. It's a bit like team. their men's
2: team yeah. where if they get in trouble in a the game they're so composed and they've had such experience that remember they lost three All Island finals in a row and now they've won three so you don't, you don't learn that composure that's how you have to learn it the hard way so I think you're right that's like their men's team they can work their way out of a problem. But, again, people aren't that far off. What do you think? Yeah, their experience of playing together as well is such a, yeah, such a big thing. Right. Like, I know
0: we would have won in 2015 and keeping the group together, like Gashing and Sarah were saying, keeping the team together and, and the consistency over the years, we would have lost players after 2015. Yeah. So I think this year for us, going, taking the jump up now into intermediate... Um, to try and keep our it panel together to now, like that's we, we have to try and keep yeah. as many as possible.
2: And Emer, it's something we talk about all the time on, on our podcast is why is it harder to keep women in the summers, you know, that they wouldn't go away compared to some of the men's teams, don't lose the players. But I also sense maybe that that's starting to change. Yeah, I d- yeah, I, de-
0: I definitely think with us now, we have a great group together um, and I think, you know, everybody... You know, I know Kate is heading off, but everybody else um, should hopefully be rained yeah, for next hold on. year.
2: Yeah. Hold on. Well, look, it was a it was a, a record, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on about about that record um, attendance and what it means, if you like. Um, but they were uh, they were again an amazing. Three great finals, and as I said, the, the, the senior final wasn't brilliant scoring, but I was fascinated by it defensively. It was like watching a game of chess and not knowing what was going to happen next. It really was. Um, You're listening to Off the Bench, a a women's sports podcast here on News Talk. Um, We're coming live to you from the National Plowing Championships, thanks to Lidl. And we're joined here by Eamon Murray from Loud, uh, Ashley Maloney from Tiberi, and Sarah Rowe from Mayo. Um, Two of you have a farming background. One of you has, I'd say, maybe an acquired farming background. (laughs) So um, tell us, Ashley, tell us again about your farming background, because your family are steeped in farming, but it's an unusual type of farming. Yeah, so I wouldn't really... Consider myself, I say,
3: smelly farmer. I'm a <laughs> I'm a clean farmer, so we do poultry. Um, poultry. So basically, it's not for eating purposes. It's kind of more so for game and shooting purposes. Right. So dad and mom, they own their own business. And, and what do they rear? They rear 30,000 du- pheasants and about 10 15,000 ducks. Ducks. Yeah, yes. so my summer is spent at home running after chickens and... Or, pheasants and ducks for the summer.
2: And they also, your mum, is it your mum, Gertie, has a lovely thing. They bring, um, they have a kind of a pet farm or a small little thing, the mobile farm that they bring around to schools and also into nursing homes and hospitals. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, so mum has got her own little mobile farm going. Um, I suppose we're very orientated around animals at home. I kind of don't really take too much notice of them, but, (laughs) yeah, no, the mobile farm is great, and I suppose it's great for kids that are, you know, living in towns and stuff like that. Like one question got asked one day, how do you milk the chickens? Uh, Sarah might ask the same question now, so <laughs> I just <guess, laughs> so you could ask the same question. But I think the best part of, it, of all, like I often go with them, and you know we go to schools with disabilities, and yeah. it's just amazing to see how the kids can interact with animals. And There's a like, special connection there. Yeah, and it's actually, it would open your eyes to think of how kids just don't know, and Sarah don't know, <laughs> don't know just the basics about farming life. As in, Sarah could ask you what's a cow and it could Excuse be a horse Excuse me, life. I got an A1
1: in um, ag <laughs> science,
2: my Leaving science. Um, you? There you go, there you well, go. go.
3: I'd question that now. She did all that herself. That's, <laughs> <it>. That's where none of it is. Are
2: you accusing her of cheating and they leaving her ag science? Um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, your dad was telling me you have a chicken or is it a hen. I should say hen probably, called Lucky, that had a very, that's why, tell me, do you know why it's called Lucky? No, I actually don't. Well, Lucky, <laughs> Lucky is one of the ones in the pet farm, and he called it Lucky because a fox came and took all the others, and Lucky was oh, a, tiny yeah, little, yeah. a tiny little, uh, a tiny little thing, and ran up a pole, ran up the middle of a pole and hid and got saved, so that's why it's Lucky the Hen. So you must have grown up with pets and all kinds of things around the house, rabbits and all kinds of stuff
3: yeah like i grew up on a farm so i i know no different like you know um for people that haven't grown up on a farm as i said when they go into schools and stuff like it's such an experience people are in awe the kids are in awe of the animals (laughs) like little rabbits and stuff and i just be there handing them being like you know what kind is the big deal but (laughs) you can understand how though like when you're living in a town it's such a different lifestyle to living on a farm like yeah um you know even sarah would say that herself like she grew up in a town i grew up on a farm like I go walk the fields. She might win with the, the girls and the lads into town like into you know, shopping acting, <laughs> play acting and stuff like that, hanging around their <laughs> <around> the <laughs> But um, Ashley, you're making it <laughs> out like you lived a very clean and
2: angelic life out on this <laughs> farm.
3: I'm not so sure. I uh, know it's brilliant. I'm a big country woman as well. Like I actually love the countryside. Um it's brilliant. There was um, a
2: lovely TJ Carher did a beautiful program for the All ireland Finals, and they did a lovely say se- they they went, they followed players from all different counties in the finals, and they did a lovely segment with you on a place that you to, to get away from it all. Tell us, where is it? Um, St. Patrick's Well. It's a well back home
3: in Tipperary. Right, um, beautiful place. Religiously now, I don't know too much about it, but yeah. St. Patrick came to convert people there, and this is where they all gathered, so he came there. So ever since, it's like natural spring water comes off from the ground. But people travel from all over Ireland to go there. Right. Um, athletes and stuff, there's Olympians and all, will come and go there to dip um, their legs for 20 minutes. Yeah,
2: so you were yeah. sitting with your feet in there. And it's a beautiful, serene, quiet place.
3: Yeah, it's lovely, I suppose. It's just so quiet down there. Um, it hasn't gone commercialised yet with tourists. Like, every time you go down there, there's only two or three people there. But the best part that I like about going down there is you go down and you're sitting in the well and everyone is so nice, no matter what they go down. And people are telling you their problems. And, you know, one day I was sitting there and they started, they, they were saying they are in at an alcoholic conference in the local hotel and I just started speaking to them about how they deal with it and stuff like that and it was just interesting to hear yeah. you know I was out last night and I'm sick of it but how they could be enticed to go back to and stuff like that yeah, you know it's really interesting. interesting as you sit there yeah but people drink the water as well right um, they say that they bigger. No, um, I'm not a big water person now. I'm more into <laughs> my wines really milk. milk. <laughs> um, right.
1: Two litres a day.
3: <laughs> really? Yeah, it's costly business. He was costing me like 15, 15 euro a week in college. We're, to at, the We're at the
2: plowing here, of course, little. but I think we need a dairy sponsor for Ashley Maloney. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, well, look, that's. Re- I thought that well thing was really interesting because it's almost a spiritual thing about it. And then I also thought, maybe this is the magic in your feet. Maybe it's coming oh, from this know. water. Because you definitely knowledge. do have. Everybody <laughs> says, as Ashley, about a footballer, she has magic magical feat um Emer, you also have amazing family uh, family and farming connections tell us yep
0: um yeah so I'm from a farm as well um my dad Where? in county just outside RD in county Louth um so my dad is farming um and we actually different as well milk goats milk
2: um,
0: goats yeah so Sell previously, goats milk
2: and goats cheese or yeah
0: exactly Take Glynisque
2: Oh, really? Tidlena's is cooler here, of course, one of the big, yep. yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, we previously would have had cows and, and converted then into, into goats years ago. Um, I was young at the time. So, um, yeah, but most of farming, I have to say, um, is done by, by dad. I help out whenever I can. But right. Yeah.
2: And goats, I'm obsessed with baby goats because they're the most <laughs> affectionate things you ever see, aren't very they? Very cute, yeah. Aren't they? They'll come over like, and rub themselves off. Oh, really yeah, cute. no, they're,
0: they're, yeah, very and cute. And how many
2: goats would you have?
0: Um, so we're milking about 300 goats. Wow
2: and is that done machine wise like cows and yeah others? exactly so it's it's excuse very, our weakness here I'm very similar, yeah. i have to ask these questions yeah exactly it's very very similar so you you provide milk to glenisk so yeah. we we'd all buy the yogurts and stuff yeah and then your career has taken you into farming tell us how
0: yeah exactly so i've always had an interest in farming um and then i suppose i studied ag science in college ah uh-huh. um and and got into it that way so I don't know, like, I just had an interest in nutrition. Um, we would have had, obviously, people call into the farm all the time, uh, one of those being a, a nutritionist for, to make up diets. Um, for, the for, the, yeah, for the animals. Yeah, for animals. So I got into it that way, um, studied it in college, and then was lucky enough to get a job um, doing exactly that after college.
2: So you are an, a, a nutritionist for animals?
0: Yeah, exactly. So I go out on farm um, and make up diets for, for cows as such, yeah.
2: Wow, that's a very interesting job and a very unlikely a bit different, job. Yeah. And how did you end up specialising in animals as opposed to humans? Because most people, I suppose, yeah. would think about nutrition; they would do, you know, they would do human.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just always like it's just being from a farm, um, being from a farm background. I always wanted to
2: get involved in the ag sector. And do you feed, um, do you feed dairy farm dairy cows completely differently than um, beef cows?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Um, yeah I look after all ruminants, so dairy and beef mostly. Um, but yeah, diets would be different you know once reducing milk and once reducing. Yeah. so it's
2: yeah well it's we different. i heard today there's a there's a sommelier for milk at the plowing championships which is somebody who tastes milk and decides what it's been made from and what grass it's been fed on and like a wine sommelier but there's yeah. actually one here for milk somewhere so you could have a very interesting conversation with that person <laughs> <laughs> maybe so yeah, yeah exactly yeah and uh, do you work for yourself or do you work for a company
0: uh yeah no we've we've a stand here at the ploughing. the company i work for is called Alltech. Alltech. all tech uh, yeah so they do it's it's animal nutrition company um, and they primarily do supplements which we would supply into the mills in different mills in ireland for animal feed
2: and are you on the road then or you do work centrally
0: yeah no on the road so i'm out on farm every day Um, and i've you know farm customers that i call to several times a year to look at the cows and and the cattle
2: Good for good for athletes, I think, to work outdoors. It's always a nice yeah, thing to be absolutely. working outdoors. Absolutely, yeah, no, it's great to you're be out not in. office bound. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I love love being out in the fresh air, like Ashley, like love.
2: You two could have an interesting conversation, except that exactly you're no good to her because <laughs> you, she wants nutrition for uh, for birds and uh, pheasants and ducks and things. So you'll yeah, have to it actually, it. it's interesting
3: actually because the diet of a pheasant and a duck would be totally different. Really. Um, to that of a, a cow, yeah, totally different nutrients. They probably require more nutrients, um, than what a cow would, but. I wouldn't know too much about it now, so I'm not going to steep into it <laughs> in case I get myself Anthony, in trouble. Come on,
2: tell us. Tell us how on earth did you end up in the shower with ducks? Oh, God. Oh, my. <laughs> Sarah definitely let this one out of the no, bag. No. No, it wasn't Sarah, <laughs> um, actually. So, um, our
3: house at home is an old farmhouse, so there's only one um, bathroom in the house. So, is a bit of a country woman, like she doesn't really mind too much, you know, throwing us out in the shed with a shower. But we'd no sh- We were getting our share done, and we'd no share in the house. So, I came home one day Anna, and the share was moved out to the out shed <laughs> with the ducks in it. So, it was, the ducks were running around while I was sharing in the shed. So, it used to be, we did it, for, it was over Christmas actually. You used to go out to share and it be so steamy in the room. The next thing the steam would go away and you'd be perished like you'd have goosebumps and you'd be Crazy. running. You'd be running in your tail then from the, from the shed <laughs> to the Followed
2: house. Followed by a yeah. little line of ducks after but you. But it as actually well. made I me
3: appreciate that. the share so much I because. Bet it did do you know even when I was out there I was like god I couldn't wait to get back into the other Could you showroom? imagine
2: what it was like to have yeah. an
3: outdoor toilet and outdoor bathroom I, sent, I, <laughs> I
2: can it. link you a video <laughs> <so. Yeah. laughs> if you want.
3: I sent it I sent it to say I sent it to people on snapchat but Sarah required it for whatsapp thinking not me thinking of where it was going to go next thing all of a sudden straight on instagram straight on to instagram and the pile of messages I got people, <laughs> are like, people actually think I'm living backwards back in the 1960s They're living so. outside yeah. with a shower with yeah. ducks in. well I have
2: to confess I did get a glimpse of that and I can just say it was, <laughs> it was all very clean any listeners don't be worried all we just saw was the top of Ashling, and then the ducks wandered around <laughs> down the yeah
3: coming for a swim in the, for a swim. the shampoo we, the hay, I don't know for farmers out there we use a hay rack as a shampoo rack <laughs> I don't know why we didn't just go to Ikea and get a rack but look my mother and father they're kind of very simple people like they don't really they don't really like the big things in life so well,
2: once they're happy we'll be happy it doesn't, hasn't done any of you any harm I met your dad Martin outside whose who's acting show for her today so he brought her up from the (laughs) celebrations last night and a lovely man he is too. Sarah you didn't grow up on a farm. No I didn't. I grew up in a town so have, but you, because of your life now, have you had to learn a little bit about farming and tell us why? Especially, first especially person. given where the ploughing is on this year in first Canada. For Sarah, yeah. it's not the farm, it's the farm. <laughs> <laughs> We're going, farming. To the farm. Farming. going to the farm.
1: <laughs> I went down to the farm. Yeah, I've farming. been there more often than um, ever, I'd say, now this year. And, and why have you had to learn about farming? Um, Sarah? Explain because to us. I went down, first of all, to the chicken farm to see Ashley. And then I went down to Sean's farm in Carlo and he comes home regularly in the evening and starts talking about the farm. And I'd be like... And this is Sean it, O'Brien, the rugby player. Yes. And then I'm like, is there any chance at all that we can... Um, you know, you're going to need to explain it like word for <laughs> word and maybe Google Translate while we're at it when you're doing it. So, yeah, slowly but shir- surely learning. I um, was down there last week, actually, uh, walking the fields of the farm on the quad and stuff like that. So, Dream yeah. Life. It's a dream for us. <laughs> it's
2: a <an> absolute <laughs> dream. And, and actually, Sean O'Brien's family, this is, um, we're in, we're, we're quite near Tolo and that's where they're farmers. And is it dairy farming? Oh, yeah. There's the question. Yeah, it's dairy, <laughs> dairy
3: farm. Um, it's I cool. was because me and Sean actually relate to each other. We were nearly like, we get on well with the farm, like, and Sarah can't, can't comprehend it at all. <laughs> no, I'm like,
1: FT, farm talk, maybe leave it out. <laughs> so, no, I go down and I try get involved as much as possible, but, uh, yeah, it's, I just, I don't think it's for me now. Yeah. Just well personally I don't think so.
2: Well I'm well I'm sure there's lots of football <laughs> talked as well and sports talked obviously in your relationship. So there's a great connection there for both of you. Um, he's heading to London Irish next yeah. year. You're heading back to Australia. So yeah. One thing I thought we should talk about as well, I was in Crow Park at the weekend and, and a man came over to me and he said, oh, I don't like this Australian thing. These girls are all going to play football. We're going to lose them all. And I said to him, do you think so? And he was really quite serious and he was like, I'm afraid we're going to lose all our best footballers. So explain briefly, first of all, uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. Uh, the women's AFL, fo- women's footy has got strong in Australia. They started a league three years ago and you actually are one of the first. Staunton was the very first, but then a couple of other Irish players went over last year. Um, so you spent a season playing in the AFLW, um, and yeah. what were your impressions of it, and what and how did it improve you? Um, I thought it was re- a really
1: good experience. It was a big challenge for me, obviously, to learn the game and be professional in it within the space of about six or eight weeks. Yeah. So um, it was a big challenge, and I learned an awful lot about like team culture, leadership, and you know the type of person that they want you to be in a professional environment, and how it's a business. It's not just a hobby or a sport. Right. So um, that side of things was really interesting. And I think, like, the training side of things as well, you know, training twice a day, some days, and all that kind of stuff was, like, a massive learning curve for me. But I do agree with the whole, like, you know, the amount of Irish people going over now at the moment. It's brilliant, and it's great for anyone to experience what I experienced. But at some point, you're kind of like, this probably has to stop in a way. But I suppose I asked myself the question as well, which you know, obviously the emotions are very high after losing to Galway and you're kind of, you don't know what you want, but like what do you really want then is the question you have to ask yourself. And if it's if, if it's to play in a professional environment and excel in Aussie rules, then no problem. But if it's to win an All-Ireland for your county, that's the two things you need to ask yourself. And I suppose that's the part that doesn't sit right with me. And I kind of, you know, while I'm going back for another season, I've given Colleen my word, like it's, you know, it's sore on my heart. They kind of they thing. they
2: offered you a two-year contract and you only took a w- another one. Yeah, isn't that right? Yeah. So um, you so you 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 you're still your heart is still with Mayo and yeah yeah with absolutely
1: Liverpool. and it it really is my priority and when you come home and you know people say oh what's the transition like going over and learning this the like a new sport and you're like that's actually not so bad it's actually harder coming back the way really that's what I felt personally it interesting was because you come into championship pace and you know you you should be as fit and as strong as you ever be but again it's like different phases of training that you do over there and you know maybe you're like I became like say more of an endurance runner over there but I if I was playing full forward I needed to be more fast switched muscles so absolutely things like that like would you know it takes you a good few weeks to settle in and I felt the first few weeks when I came back I was very um like just Running in straight lines because that's what a lot of Aussie rules is. You know, you run more towards the player yeah. than as they don't. They're not really like lateral and diagonal
2: and all that. And so I would say even watching you kicking when you came back, kicking the round ball was you were you weren't your usual self kicking the ball. No. You had to adjust hugely from kicking the way they kicked that the over ball from below to back kicking a round 100%, ball again. Hundred percent, and that was I
1: like honestly took me weeks and like very frustrating few weeks that i had and yeah. um, coming back and people expect you to come back oh you should be flying you should be this yeah, training like, full time do you know but yeah. it's actually it's it's not as simple as that and um right. yeah the kicking thing like as in i was i i did not touch a gaelic football for eight months and i've never done that my whole life right. so you know it was one to take transition. its toll and now it, going back a second season i have you know, I, I think about it in a different way. I'm kind of like, I'll, I'll do things differently this year. and But at the time, I had so much to learn that I was so invested and I every single day I was kicking the AFL ball but I will certainly do it differently this time right you
2: might juggle a bit and um, just explain to people how did the season go so that you can combine playing women's AFL and playing Gaelic football for, for Mayo
1: so you go out in the end of October start of November time pre pre-season. Uh, pre-season for six weeks then I come home for two weeks for Christmas and then I have four weeks of training and then I go straight into the season and and the competitive
2: season at the moment for the AFL women's is what is it like February, March it was only 7 weeks last year because we didn't make semi-finals but um, now there's 4 more
1: teams adding to the competition so I think it's going to be 10 weeks it's going to be a longer competition um, if not longer depending on how but they don't want it to clash with the men's, so there is that kind of you know, it, it shouldn't go on longer than March, yeah. middle of April. They're
2: sandwiching it in at a quiet time of year and in Australia. They're saying that's one of the reasons why it was well promoted. So it it happens before that. It happens after the Aussie Open. It happens yeah. after various things. Ashling, I am presuming you have had offers from AFLW teams. You've had to have had. Um, yeah, to be honest, I actually did.
3: But um look, I'm still in college at the minute and I'm just kind of focused on getting that done first. And... It's kind of, as Sarah said there, like, as in, you have to go where your heart is, and my heart is with Tipperary at the minute, so I think not for another few years, and I won't be going over there, but... You're going look,
2: back into third year P, I'm starting going back third year, P, thankfully, yeah, TCU. eventually.
3: <laughs> I'm going back into third year now, so it's great. Um, So I'm back up now again, but, um, yeah, no, until that's over, and I suppose, look, we all love sport as well, but you kind of need to enjoy life as well, so I might go travelling for a bit then when I'm finished college and that, right, so... Right. But at the minute... Um, Definitely not yeah, my heart. I can imagine life.
2: there's people queuing up, especially when they watch how, how brilliantly you kick a ball. Um, and you said they're finally going back into college because you had exams this summer. You had a tough ex- summer with the exams. And in yeah. fact, right up to the, the All-Ireland, you were nervous.
3: Yeah, I suppose this week has been an absolute great week. I'd say it'll be the best week ever in my life. Um, I repeated the year last year, ended up failing summer exams, and I had a re-sit, re- reset then in August. And my results happened to be a lovely day this week on Tuesday, just about four or five days before the All Ireland final. um, can you
2: imagine that?
3: I would be, like, I'd be kind of laid back about it. Um, like, I kind of had myself told that, you know, I did fail. And then if I did, then I wouldn't have been too shocked. Like, but I suppose until I passed, I actually didn't realize how subconsciously was affecting me throughout the year. Like, even with mum and dad, like, you know, I was going home being quite ratty with them. So right. I was going I was going around the whole week then, literally with a smile on my face to <laughs> myself, like being so proud of myself after the four-time lucky so, And your dad to it,
2: said to me, he thought that you might leave it until after the All-Ireland to open the exam results. But he was saying he was delighted that you opened them before. Yeah, then. see, yeah. I told them it was on Thursday. 'Cause <laughs> I was just like I need two days to prepare myself. You
3: oh. Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but no look I suppose you know these things happen it's oh, like there's yeah. worse things happening out there like there's people illnesses and stuff like that. Of so course. if I did and have to repeat and it. And it all worked out. Yeah. But it
2: was it must have been a very stressful weeks, a few weeks before the All Ireland. So um, q- kudos to you for a brilliant performance after on top of everything else. Um Imo, you also know people who are who are going to go to Australia. I mean Sarah, first of all, say the two Kellys are going out for Mayo. I said are you three Three, three Mayo players and Aileen Gilroy as well. and Aileen Gilroy as yeah. well yeah we're getting
1: we're Kate, getting the front
2: of it Kate Flood is going um, yeah. from this brilliant full forward plays for Laud superb player as I said she's a really good soccer player Olo Dwyer is going dual star from tip with you Ashling, as well um, have you talked to Kate about it and uh, you know what do you, what do you think is there worries that people might go and not come back yeah, well, you know, I suppose um, Kate yeah.
0: has been such a fantastic servant of live football for so many years, like, and it's just a brilliant opportunity for her to get. And, yeah, hopefully hopefully she'll come back um, for the championship with us.
2: Yeah, I, I think the way the season is designed now, it's possible to do that. Yeah. If the AFL season changed, that would be the thing. We'll lo- teams will probably lose people during the league, all right, and that's a factor. Alice yeah. Constantine from Clare went last year, and... Uh, we ended up on the winning team, Sarah. She, she, she won and she did a great Canelli type, type of jig when she went up to get her medal <laughs> as well. So she was with, was it Adelaide? Yeah.
1: Adelaide. Um, massive experience for did her. Did you play against did. each other?
2: We actually didn't.
1: We ended up in opposite pools. Oh, so I, I ended up playing the Bulldogs, which is Ashley McCarthy's Ashley team. Ashley McCarthy. And, and played the Giants as well, Yvonne and Cora's team. So... But I didn't right. actually get up against um. That's good. team, but they so look
2: at we could have we could have Irish players playing in the in the grand final in the women's grand final again this year. It is an interesting thing to see, and um, where everybody is watching to see how it develops. Does it make? Did it make you um a better athlete, Sarah? When you were going last year, I remember you saying to me, "I'm going because I want to see how good I can be as an athlete and as a footballer." Did you learn that, or did you find out new things about yourself?
1: Yeah, definitely. I find out like you know what even just being away from home like what what like what are your priorities like what do you want to do in the future like things like that like an awful lot of time on my own a lot of time to reflect on things like that so in terms of a better athlete and um, yeah but a different, in another way a different type of athlete yeah um, like a much like a lot of running I we did some training sessions, you know, we cover like 12, 13K in trainings and wow, stuff like that. So, so
2: much, yeah, so much uh, endurance. So, yeah,
1: it. mindset and... Um the way they think over there, um, was massive. I think, and I learned a lot. I learned an awful lot. I, I don't know what what I'll learn now coming this season, but yeah, um, first season you're yeah, gonna learn
2: a lot. And I thought it was really interesting what you said earlier. You said it's 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 a business. So yeah. did you find that kind of hard nosed thing where there's not much sentimentality if you get injured or whatever? It's like, it's different than playing inter county. I get the feeling emotionally or some way it might be different. Did you feel that?
1: Yeah, and like they teach you like a certain way to be as well and you know what's professional around the gym like in a meeting like how you hold yourself how when you're in Collingwood you are a part of their brand so like what you post on social media is very much so monitored like things like that that you wouldn't really think of at home so um they're very strict and like even something like water skiing now I just went water skiing one weekend and you know that was actually breaching your contract wow because it's
2: yeah, interesting. Of,
1: yeah, because it's an extreme sport, and sure that was something I would have never thought of. Right. I was like, oh god, sorry. Like, as moment, <laughs> I never thought of
2: Interesting that. though. So yeah. things like that. So like it's where a pro you're like, contract, and you're yeah. very you're confined even in what you can do. Even yeah, and like contract. every
1: you know, you wake up and you're kind of like, i was, to think of Collingwood today when I wake up, you know, it's, your team um, Collingwood brand Collingwood. Yeah. interesting. And then um, when you're in the gym, you just know, like, as in, you know everything you do, you're being watched, Montered. really. So. Yeah,
2: everything is monitored. Oh, everything is yeah. noted. Fascinating. I mean, fascinating to get that chance. Ashling. if you ever go, you're going to watch the social media. There'll be no shower and ducks uh, <laughs> posted when yeah. you go over to Australia. You'll be, they'll be watching you carefully. Um, guys, look, before we finish up, let's talk about, uh, again, ladies football and just the growth of it. As I said, we're here live from the Ploughing Championships, thanks to Lidl, and they have had a huge influence. But, um, Emer, like... Uh, Nearly as big a crowd as the women's World Cup final, you know, um, 56,000, over 56,000 in Crow Park last week, and you were lucky enough to play in front of it. What does that say about ladies' football? And how has ladies' football done this? Because I looked ten years ago; uh, the All Ireland final attracted 21,606. So they've put on over 35,000 in ten years in in your sport in terms of audience on the big day how how's that happened? Yeah, what are they doing right it's
0: just amazing you know when you said there earlier about the same same amount of people as the women's world cup like it's amazing to think that our own sport in our own country has has received that much publicity and drawn the crowd um i think you know the promotion of the games over the last couple of years and and Lidl coming on board it's been really fantastic and made such a difference and. The more, the more young girls you can get involved. And this year, there's the, the 20 by 20 campaign. Yeah. Um, so trying to get more young girls involved and promote
2: it, you know, it can only, it can only keep growing. Yeah, there's much more visibility. And in some ways as well, Ashling, I think social media, your own social media even has helped that. You know, people are seeing you and recognising you now.
3: Yeah, I suppose (coughs) coming from a homecoming last night back home in Art and it was actually kind of What was it like? It would actually give you shivers how the youngsters just are aware of everything that's going on Was there a huge crowd? No, yeah, there was a big crowd yeah, but it's just like they don't know the one or two they know the 15, 16 Really? Yeah, so it's brilliant but um I suppose the twenty twenty campaign definitely has a massive influence but I think ever since little have come, come on board they've definitely just transformed this yeah. inside out like um, but I suppose like if you can't see it you can't be really like, you know, mm. and getting all them tip girls to crow park yesterday just for them to even see it and you know maybe that's gonna be their aspiration they their own And older. the
2: work has to be done at underage level as well, Sarah. Like that's the growth. The growth has to be where there's kids being taught, you know, learning football from a young age. Do you see a growth in that even as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I even see in my own club, um, Moy, we, it's become like much more professional and it's more like kind of like a men's club now and that's the way that everyone's thinking and stuff and People see a pathway, and I think, like you said, they can look up to role models and say, oh, that's where I want to be in a few years' time. So um, it's just a really good pathway, and it's, it's great to be growing up in yeah, a time where this is what an exciting time
2: for you all to be playing football at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Generations before, you just didn't have these opportunities. I was looking back at the first Ladies All-Ireland final in 1974. The crowd was 600, I think. So like that 's just amazing to see the growth in that, and you 're very lucky and as I said, listeners, we as we were waiting outside to come into the studio here, um, a few girls came over and recognized you and came over and had pictures taken i don't think that would have happened you know maybe not even six or five or six years ago. the visibility is huge um, where could it improve next? All Ireland semi finals for the first time this year went to Croker and got over 10,000. And that was a huge, I think that was a big movement forward as well because great pitch. You want to be playing on great pitches to play great football. That's why the semi finals were so good. What would you like to see next? Where do you think the next area of growth is if there could be a new area of growth? You know, I think brilliant 56,000 on All Ireland Day, but maybe is there more work to be done in terms of something else, Sarah?
1: Um, probably a push again for attendance like you know on a regular basis more so than just the All-Ireland final I did see that was it the semi, men's semi-final there was Thirty-seven thousand. yeah so a women's game had more than that which is probably unheard of yeah and um, but yeah definitely a push for like you know leinster finals Munster finals all that like a, a bit of a push for attendance at them games i think and it'll really continue to um go up the way
2: yeah because one of the weaknesses is that me losing at the weekend yeah. means that now there's only one senior team in leinster which is seems like a real shame Emer. You will go up to intermediate now, but it seems crazy that there's only one senior team, which is Dublin. So they're going to go straight through.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, so,
2: yeah, I don't know, maybe the the
0: structure of, of the Leinster campaign, Um, you know, we want to be playing games and, and Dublin will, will want, you know, they will want to campaign and, yeah. and to play more games. So, yeah, no, even ourselves, like we, you know, there wasn't very many teams in junior in Leinster this year either. So, um. Yeah, we, just, we, need, oh, we need to Day maybe can look at that. Great,
2: but sometimes I think it can mask you know, some other areas that need yeah. to be worked on as well. I just while, we're, while we have you, Sarah, what sort of crowds were you playing in front of uh, for the bigger games in Australia?
1: Um, the first game, which is the opening game of the whole competition, there was, I think, 35,000 at it. So that was probably the biggest crowd. And then played in the Etihad, which is an amazing stadium as well. But it's it's funny, it's just not the same as Grow Park. It's just you kind of look around you and there's not that same emotional connection that you Isn't have that with, yeah, with the crowd, the Irish people and all that. So it is completely different playing. Yeah. I heard, I
2: was, don't know, was it Kate Flood said it at the weekend um, in a post-match interview, but she was saying, it's so amazing we are playing in one of the best stadiums in the world. And actually, Ashling does it mm-hmm. feel like that when you play in Crow Park?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose, as I said, in 2017, I didn't enjoy the experience, but when I went out, even in the warm-up, I was really, really, like, I probably wasn't even listening, to be honest, yeah, I was I'm actually really, die. I was really taking it in this time around, so I actually really wanted to enjoy it, but look, I suppose since you're seven years of age, like, be it boy or a girl, like, you want to be playing in Crow Park, and that's where you want to be, and Sarah actually was at the all um men's finals on Dublin, and Kerry, the all Ireland finals, sorry, on Saturday evening, and she was there, and she actually sent me a text, um, just thinking of me and she said it doesn't matter if it's junior intermediate or senior like to step out there in Cope Park like it's a massive privilege and honour and I suppose I was thinking of that too going out and I actually said it yes the Irish match as well so it's a massive thing and it's great for all of us to get the opportunity to play there
2: yeah amazing and and you don't just play there you you live up to the to the arena that it is and that is the brilliant thing um are you back to club football any or Sarah when do you, you when do you go back to Australia um, go back
1: around the start of November. It right. hasn't. My flights haven't been booked yet. But right. um, yeah, I've club uh, county intermediate semi final on Friday, and this Friday. Uh, if, if we win, we have a final on the Sunday.
2: Oh my goodness! <laughs> and this is again some of the things we say, isn't This is not good. This is the week. This is the weaknesses in the GA generally, but also in women's football. Playing a semi final on when Friday, Friday and a final on Sunday.
1: Final on Sunday. If you win the. Semi. And
2: why is that? Because. People it's the fixtures need to
1: be played out because of Connacht and um crazy Swayats. it's crazy enough yeah <laughs> that's the
2: they, they so it's not a perfect system at all and people we, we still talk about so much stuff needs to be sorted out and fixed and particularly at club level what about you Emer? have you club football coming up now straight um, away no
0: we're out of our club championship now so we lost out in the semi-final of the senior championship in loud um so but the the senior finals are on this weekend Coming, oh, senior and in intermediate them. or um, Cooley and the Geraldines are in the loudsinger chapter Coo- final. Cooley.
2: And Cooley have, uh, is it Neve Rice? Yeah, Neve and Niamh And if Lauren. anybody goes back on the TJ Car her player and goes in and has a listen, she's a fantastic singer as well. Yeah, actually. And yeah, herself and one of the other girls, Lauren Boyle. Lauren Boyle, yeah. they did an amazing song for the All Ireland. They adapted one of the pop songs and they played it and they were brilliant. So, yeah. loads of talent there. And, Ashley, have you club football? Are you finished? Um, no, unfortunately, we're finished. finished. We've
3: really? been knocked out. Uh, we got knocked out at the quarter final stage. So, um, our club football is over for. It's probably the first time in a while, actually, because we yeah, won. Yeah, because Cara, you were a yeah, former we All-Ireland yeah, Club Yeah, we were quite Champions. competitive there for a few years, so... In a way, you're disappointed, but in a way, you're kind of um, happy to get a break as well. Do you know, we right. probably haven't got a break like this in a while, so. Right. Well, we'll e- back into college football as well. So, we'll be back you know, in fairly soon with D.C.U. Ends.
2: And for yourself and Emer, there'll be a chance to go back to the celebrations after <laughs> today's uh, off the event <laughs> period. Um, that's why we're so delighted to get you so soon. It's only 48 hours after such a brilliant weekend. We delighted to have you here. Um, thanks so much for coming down. Um, Sarah, you know you have been part of a Mayo renaissance this year, really, and I think. we're Going to see you continue to keep it lit down there, Mayo, as well. So congratulations for you. Um, listeners, you can catch all the previous episodes of Off the Bench on iTunes or on Offtheball.com. If you go into off the ball.com, you'll find a podcast section. Scroll down and you'll find Off the Bench in there, and that's where we are. And we have a Twitter account as well. It's at Off the Bench O T B, capital O T B, where we post women's stories about sport, not just in Ireland, but we 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 talk and we we post stuff about uh, women's sport all over the world so that's where you'll get us at off the bench otb until the next time take care and enjoy your sport